When I was a kid, I grew up in church, and uh, if you kind of grew up in church, there were certain things that you remember about growing up in church. And um, I grew up Presbyterian, and um, in our Presbyterian church, it was a little more formal, and, uh, and, and, and we do certain things every single week, and there's some things that I just remember in my mind that we would do every single week. And one of the things we would do every single week is, is, is sing the doxology. How many remember the doxology, right? That's a great, great just word. We'd always sing this. And it basically goes, praise God. How many remember it? From whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above all you heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And how many remember if you grew up that way? Uh, and saying that a lot, you always saying, Amen. And you close it out. 58 minutes, we're out the door. First one to get in their car and leave. That, that's how it went. And I always remember as a kid thinking about this, you know, Father God, I could kind of wrap my mind around. Um, I could wrap my mind around Jesus. But, but the Holy Ghost, that was a little more difficult. Um, and some of you... Um, you may be from some backgrounds where you're like, yeah, yeah, we, I don't really know a lot about the Holy Spirit. Really didn't talk about it a lot. Sometimes when we think of, of Father God and we think about Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit, it's kind of like this third person, kind of like the ugly stepsister or the backside of a 45 or the backside of Elm that you really don't listen to or you don't talk about that much. And I know that we have a lot of different backgrounds here. And what, what I want to do over the next month, is dive into the person of the Holy Spirit. And let me just tell you, whether, and I know some of you are here today, and you're like, man, I've had some bad experiences at some churches that so-called was a Holy Ghost thing, and and people were flopping around like a fish on a dock, and then, uh, you know, I've been, you know, and then I've been in other churches where it's like, you know, they don't even talk about it. It's like, you know, Father, Son, Holy Bible, and that's it. You know, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. And what I want to do is, it's not that I want to create conversations or controversy that's going to have us arguing about things. Here's what I want to do over the next month. I want to look into the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit we see the prophets in the Old Testament speaking about the Holy Spirit. We see the Holy Spirit in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. This is, this is a person that we need to know. This is a person that we need to understand. How does the Holy Spirit work in our lives? And so we're going to look over the next month or so at the person of the Holy Spirit and how does the Holy Spirit work in our lives? And let me just say this. The Holy Spirit is a dynamic presence that needs to be in our lives every single day. You cannot read through the book of Acts, which speaks of the Acts of the Apostles, and not see how the Holy Spirit enveloped them, led them, and gave them power for living. Let me just say this, church, there's no difference for us today. The Holy Spirit desires to lead his church to lead God's church in the same way. 
where he wants to empower you, give you power for living. He wants to comfort you. He wants to pray through you. These are all things that we need in our lives so desperately. We need the leading of the Holy Spirit every single day. And let me just say this as a word of caution. It doesn't have to make you goofy or do goofy things. I believe that when we get a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit, it will change the dynamics of your walk with Christ. It will enhance your prayer life. It will give you comfort in the times where you feel most desperate. You will feel that presence and you will wonder, how am I getting through this thing in my life? How am I getting this strength in my life? And you will directly associate it with the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. But here's, here's, here's the thing. We got to jump in. You can't just stick your little toe in the water and say, well, that's enough. I remember when my wife, Kathleen, and I were on our first mission trip ever with a youth group. And we're in Montana ministering at the Blackfoot Indian Reservations to kids doing VBSs and just having just a wonderful time ministering to those kids in Montana. And they took us, the missionary took us to Glacier National Park in July. And he said, the ice just melted off this lake like three weeks ago. So we're up in the mountain, we're, we're high up in the mountains and, and he took us to this waterfall and we we're going to go swimming in the water. The water was like 40 degrees. It just, the ice just, and so um, uh, there was a waterfall and the missionary said, you know, some people that are crazy enough actually jump off this 30, 35 foot waterfall. He goes, it's, and, you know, and all the kids are like, and they're looking at the water saying, I ain't doing that. You know, they're all chicken, the water's cold. Would you believe my wife? Goes, I'll do it. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I'll do it. I say, you crazy girl. You cray cray, right? And so she gets up there and she jumps. She's the first. Of all, you, I've got these football players, wrestlers. They're on the thing and they're watching my wife, who, by the way, has a big birthday tomorrow. Shh, keep it quiet. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> say anything, okay? Um, Love her to death. To make 50 years with me, God bless her, okay? She jumps. She just, she does it. She's the first. We actually have a picture of her. I got to find it. Jumping off this 30, 35-foot waterfall. The first, And the kids are like, what? And so then I'm like, I'm so chicken. I go, I got to do it because I can't let my wife show me up. So after I got done tinkling myself, I did it. I jumped in and I was scared to death, but I did it. And, um, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing with our walk with God. Here's the thing with our walk with the Holy Spirit. God says, I need all of you. You got to jump in. And so my prayer for you over these next weeks is that you will jump in, that you will not be intimidated, that you will be led by the Lord to say, God, I want everything that you have for me. That needs to be our prayer. We can't hold back. We can't be hesitant. We got to say, God, if this is something you want me to walk in in my life, if this is what you desire for your church, then I can't be hesitant in my walk with you any longer. I can't be timid. I've got to let you grab my heart. And this is what I'm praying for you is that God would grab your heart, that you would experience everything that God has for you. What gifts would God withhold from his children? What good father or mother would, would hold any good gift from their children? God says, I want to bless you. And I've given you this gift of my Holy Spirit to bless your life and give you power for living so that you can be my witnesses. So that's what we're going to be uh, jumping into. And, and what we're going to do today is we are going to jump into a lot of scripture. I have your notes there so you can keep these. 
and go through them yourself in your own further study um, of, of the Holy Spirit. And, and so I want to look at a lot of scripture just to give the basis of the Holy Spirit and, and the person of the Holy Spirit. And we understand that the Holy Spirit, as we look into scripture, is one with the Father and Son. The Holy Spirit is the primary agent that is working in the world today, drawing people to Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that is working in the life of the followers of Christ to give them strength in every situation. And so as we look at the person of the Holy Spirit, we're going to look at the person of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. We're going to look at the Holy Spirit as promised by Jesus to empower the church. We will look at the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. There should be evidence of the Holy Spirit that's in your life. The Bible tells us what that evidence is. We're going to look at that. We're going to look at the manifestation of the Spirit working through the gifts of the Spirit to empower the the, the work of God through the church, we're going to look at those. And so I want us to get a biblical understanding today. And so we're going to jump into a lot of passages today. So if you're following, you can follow along in your notes there. Um, but let's look at this first thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that we understand through the word of God is part of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's part of the Godhead. And so what does that mean? This is the Trinity. The Trinity is one God existing in three persons. So we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What that means is you have three coexistent, co-eternal persons who are God. And I've got a good picture. Now, anyone that can perfectly understand the Trinity you're crazy, okay? So it's, it's difficult to understand how you can have three persons but being one. And so I've got a good diagram. Let me show you this, this, this diagram of how this works. You have God, who's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But as you look in that circle, they're, they're separate. Three persons existing in God. This is not some pluralistic thing that, that we believe three gods that are separate. We believe it's one God, right? One God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but they're not the same as each other. They're three persons existing in one. Three coexistent, co-eternal persons who are God. And so we have to understand the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. You know, many of us understand God as creator and Jesus as savior, but what is this role of the Holy Spirit? If he's existing and he's co-equal and he is God, then we need to understand the person and the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give you a couple things here. Let me give you a couple things here about the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is a divine person because he possesses a mind, emotions, and a will. So he's a divine person because he possesses a mind, emotion, and will. Let me give you some, let me give you some scriptures that uh, support this. Uh, Paul, writing to the Corinthians, says this, But it was to us that God revealed these things to us by what? By his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. We see the mind of the spirit working here as he searches all things. We also know through scriptures that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. And so what causes the Holy Spirit to grieve? Well, the Holy Spirit can grieve over our sins. Paul, once again, writing to the church in Ephesus says this, and do not bring what? Do not bring sorrow 
to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. When you come to Christ and you find forgiveness of your sin, what God does is he, he imparts in you his Holy Spirit. It's, it's a deposit guaranteeing you heaven, guaranteeing you of the day of redemption. And so he seals us with this Holy Spirit in our life. And so when the Holy Spirit is in our lives, we can grieve the Holy Spirit by the way we act in, in our sin and, and sometimes our waywardness against God. So we see that the Holy Spirit has emotion. We also see that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, actually prays through us, literally praying on our behalf. We can see this in Romans chapter 8. Paul once again says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our what? Isn't that wonderful? When you are weak and you feel like you can't take another step, it's the Holy Spirit within us that helps us in our weakness. And so what he says here, for our example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. That's incredible that even in our weakness, we may not know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit in us, praying through us, helps us to get in line with what God desires for us. What a great characteristic and benefit that we have through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. It gets us in line with God's will. Everybody say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What a great gift. And we also, and we're going to dive, as we get into these weeks, we're going to dive into all these things. But I just want to give you an overview, a basis of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And we'll dive much more into all of these characteristics in the, in the coming weeks. Look at, look at the fourth thing. He's also our comforter. I love this one. It's one who will stand by our side. That's what it literally means. Listen, John 4, 4, 16, Jesus says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper or comforter counselor to be with you forever. Isn't that wonderful? Never going to leave you. He goes on. He goes on in chapter 15. He said, recorded for us. But when the helper comes, I will send, I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father and he will bear witness about me. Do you see how the three work in perfect unity together, glorifying each other? Jesus says, when I leave you, I'm going to send you this helper. I'm going to send you the Holy spirit and he will be a witness about me. He will confirm everything about me. Everything that I've taught you, he will confirm and, and he will be in you, in you. I mean, Jesus was with us, was with us, but, but he was with the disciples at certain times, but he says, I'm going to send you the spirit that will be with you all the time that will be in you, that will guide you, that will protect you. And then we understand about the fifth thing about the Holy spirit is that the Holy spirit is God. He is God. He is one with the father and the son. And we can go all the way back to the start of the Bible, to the start of Genesis. And we can see the spirit being God all the way back in Genesis. Let me give you, let's start. Can we just start right off at the beginning? Genesis 1, 1. All of you can turn there in your Bibles and find it, right? So Genesis 1, 1 and 2 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the what 
The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. In the very couple verses of the Bible, we actually see the Holy Spirit. And what's interesting about these words, if you look at the Hebrew word there for God, it's the word Elohim. And the word Elohim is a plural form. And so we see this again, as you could drop further down in verse 26 of Genesis chapter one, we see this plural form Elohim of God speaking of the father, son, and Holy spirit in creation. It says in verse two, we see the spirit of God actually hovering over the face of the waters. Then you drop down to Genesis one twenty-six, and it says this, I love this because here's here. We see uh, the glimpse of the Trinity working together. Then God said, let us, Let us look at verse 26 there. Let us, do we have that on the screen? Verse 26. I hope we do. We do. We do. We do. We don't. We don't. Okay. Genesis 1 We don't have that. Okay. We'll do it for next service. Sorry guys. You're out of luck. Got to turn to your Bibles. Actually, it says then, then God said in verse 26, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock and the wild animals of the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Right there, we see a picture of the Trinity. Let us make human beings in our image. We also see a description of the Holy Spirit or even the Trinity in Isaiah 6, 3. If you can remember this, when, when Isaiah had a vision of the Lord, he said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Why did Isaiah repeat the word holy three times? This is a threefold witness to the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So over and over again, we see in the Old Testament, the presence of the Holy Spirit is actually being God and being one with the Father and the Son. So let's move to to the New Testament where we see the spirit of God actually coexisting with the father. Uh, This is probably one of the best examples that we can see the triune God. And it's found in Matthew uh, chapter three, verses 16 and 17. It's talking about what we see here is the baptism of Jesus. And it says, when Jesus came out of the water, this record that Matthew, that Matthew records for us, it says, when Jesus came out of the waters, the heavens were open and he saw what the spirit of God Descending like what? Like a dove. And settling on him. And then you heard a voice from heaven. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So here you have the voice of the father. You have the spirit descending like a dove. And there you have Jesus. If that's not a perfect picture of the Trinity, there's no other. I mean, it's just a perfect picture of all three working in one. And I want you to notice the words, the spirit of God descending like a dove. That's why a lot of times when you see the picture of the dove, that's what, that's the symbol uh, many times of the Holy spirit, like a dove descending upon Jesus during his baptism. Here's Jesus speaking again in John 16, seven. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away For if I do not go away, the helper, speaking of the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so what Jesus is doing there, he's reassuring the disciples that they're not going to be alone, that you and I are not going to be alone. When we come to Christ, God sends this gift of the Holy Spirit into our lives to be our helper. 
And so what I want to do today, just for our last few minutes today, and we're going to take communion together, but in our last few minutes today, what I want to do is I want to focus on the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and how this was promised for each and every one of us. Some of you may be here today and you may feel like, you know, I'm not, am I really worthy to be counted as God's? You know, Pastor, my, my life wasn't the greatest, or I made a lot of bad choices. W- would God even choose me? Would God be willing to, to bless me because of the bad choices that I made in my life? Can I just say this this morning? You're a perfect candidate to be God's disciple. He's not looking for perfect people. He's not looking for people who have it all together. You know who he is looking for? People who are willing and willing to admit they're wrong and they need God. If you read through the New Testament, you see those people that came to Christ that fell on his mercy and needed him. And they found forgiveness when they humbled themselves before God. So what God is saying to you, listen, I know your past. I know your mistakes. I'm not, I'm not impressed with your knowledge. I'm not impressed, you know, that, that you went to church your whole life. If you did, or I'm not impressed if you didn't go. That, that's not a negative towards you. But what God is looking for is people who are available to him. And I want you to see in the Old Testament that this promise is available not for a select few, not for an elite few. God's promise of this gift of the Holy Spirit would be poured out on everyone, everyone who willingly opens up their life to God. God says, I promise you this gift to be imparted into your life. And it's a wonderful, wonderful promise and, and guarantee that we have that God will do something in our life. So I want to I look at some of these Old Testament uh, passages and, um, and, and how great this anticipation was of the Old Testament coming to, to uh, live within us and live within individuals. So let's get a picture of the Holy, Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. What we get in the Old Testament is basically the Holy Spirit moved in some individuals, and then left them at certain times. So it's kind of like it came in individuals, God moved through them, and then, and, then, and then sometimes it left. We can see, let me just give you a couple passages here. In 1 Samuel 16, 14, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God left the first king of Israel, Saul, who stopped depending on the Lord. God actually took his spirit from him. King David, it's interesting, in Psalm 51 this is a psalm that David wrote after his, his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. And it's kind of his, this repentance of his heart. And what's interesting about Psalm 51 is how David cries out to the Lord for forgiveness. And if you look at David's life, it really was a train wreck in many ways. But yet in the New Testament, we see David as a man after God's own heart. And you're thinking to yourself, well, how can... David be a man after God's own heart when he broke most of the commandments of God. You know, he, he wasn't a great father. He committed adultery. He had some guy killed. He had the, the, the adulterers have heard that Sheba had, his, had her husband killed to try to cover up his sin. It, went, it goes on and on. This is good. I mean, you're like, I need to read the Bible more, right? I mean, this is, this is what happens. This is real stuff. The Bible doesn't cover this stuff. But what's interesting is that he's still called after a man after God's own heart. Why? Because David repented. David understood that he missed God, that he was paying for the consequences of his choices, that he missed God. 
But I love what he says here. Something very interesting in Psalm 51.11. And this is what he prays. He calls out to God by saying, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Catch this. Why would he pray that? There was this presence of God in his life that he tasted and he saw that the Lord was good. He understood, even though he sinned, and do we all sin? Survey says, right? 100%, right? All in favor that we all sin? Okay. Eyes have it, okay? Uh, We do. But here's the thing about David. He understood the presence of the Lord through the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. He said, God, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He understood the closeness that he had with God. He understood what it meant to be in God's presence. He understood when he was in the, in the fields, maybe tending to the flock as he wrote his songs to the Lord, he felt that connection with God. It was through the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. Here's the thing that we need to be careful of in our lives. God, I don't want to lose your presence. I don't want to be so hardened in my heart that I lose your presence in my life. That's the thing that we need to be praying for in our life. God, don't. And that's what happens. David understood that because of his sin, his presence would leave him. And David said, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. That was a cry of David because he understood the presence of the Lord in his life. And he didn't want to lose it because it was precious to him. And so what we see in the Old Testament is we see this prophecy that talks about the Holy Spirit coming to all people. Not not just with a few but all people through all times. And so let me show you the promise of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And the promise of the the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, the promise would be that he would reside in us. And this is what I love. And this is what the prophet spoke about. So let me just give you a couple passages here. Let me start with the prophet Ezekiel. In Ezekiel uh, chapter 11, it says, And I will give them one heart, and I'll give them what? A new spirit that I'll put where? Within them. And I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh. And I, and, and I will give them a heart of flesh. God says, I'm going to place my spirit with you. I'm going to replace that heart of stone. I'm going to get a heart of flesh. One that is sensitive to me. Isaiah 44, 3 says this. Isaiah says, for I will pour water out on a thirsty land In streams on dry ground, I will pour my spirit upon your uh, offspring and my blessing on your descendants. See, the reason why I believe that our walk with God can become very dry and mundane is because we're missing the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God says, listen, I want want my, my presence within you to be something that's exciting, that's active. It's like, God, I want more of you. Can you imagine getting to a place where we're like, God, I can't have enough of you. I think what happens in our walk with God, the reason why we get stagnant in our walk is we settle. And we settle with our walk. We, we, we check the box of, I did my Bible reading, I did this. But meanwhile, are we really seeking the presence of God where it desires us to have more? When the Holy Spirit's enveloping our lives, it should create a desire in our heart. It was like, God, I have to know more about you. I got to know more about you. There's a hunger and a thirst that should be in our heart and our lives to want to know God in a deeper way. 
to anticipate what God is. Can you imagine just for a moment if we came to church with that type of attitude? Like, God, I'm ready. You're going to do something awesome in this place today. Man, I've got so much prayer going towards Pastor Barden. He's not going to know what hit him, right? And it's, it's that anticipation. God, I want you to do more in my life and not settling. That's, that's what Isaiah is saying here. I love what the prophet Joel says. The prophet Joel says, speaking of the Holy Spirit coming, he goes, and I shall, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on what? On all flesh, on every single person. And I love, he gets very descriptive here. He says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even on male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And in fact, this is what happens. On the day of Pentecost, when, when, the, when the church was launched and God poured out his spirit, this is the very thing Peter talked about. This very prophetic word was fulfilled before their very eyes and the church was launched out into the world. See, these passages are so exciting me because the promise of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. And, and so we, we see this Joel prophecy fulfilled in Acts 2 when the church was launched and, and the Holy Spirit is this vital thing for every single believer. And I, and I, and I believe as a believer in Jesus Christ, is one who has been given this promise of the Holy Spirit. And this is what actually separates us unto God. And so the question, the question we need to ask ourselves this morning is, is how do I walk in the Spirit? How do I, how do I sense the Holy Spirit in, in my life? How do, I, how do I know when the Holy Spirit is leading me? How do I, how do I allow the Holy Spirit um, to use us? And these are all the things that we're going to be diving into over the next couple of weeks. And so if Jesus says this is important, if, if the Old Testament shows through biblical prophecy that this is important, that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity coexisting with the Godhead, this is something that we need to understand and to seek in our own lives, how the Holy Spirit wants to work in our lives, how the Holy Spirit wants to give us gifts in our lives to Build up the body of Christ. Encourage the body, body of Christ. The Holy Spirit wants to give you discernment in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to give you wisdom in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to show you what God's will is in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you in your prayer life. How many of you ever feel, you just feel like, man, my, my prayer is kind of weak, kind of mundane. How many know the flesh is tough because we go to prayer? And how many know that we get in prayer for the first couple minutes and our mind starts to wander, right? And we're starting to think about the day. Oh yeah, I got to do this. Oh, I forgot to take out the garbage. The garbage is coming tomorrow. I didn't do that yet. Oh yeah. Sorry, Lord. Lord, uh, thank you for this day. Oh yeah. I got to make sure that I set my alarm or not. I can't remember if I set my alarm. I got to make sure because I got to wake up a little early tomorrow. Is it supposed to snow tomorrow? Uh, you know, and our, we get distracted easily, don't we? We do. It's our flesh. All of us do. And I want to let you know that the Holy Spirit within our life wants to give us power so that we can pray and be connected with God and to give us hunger to want to seek his face. 
The Holy Spirit wants to be such an active part of our life that it convicts us of our sin. Not cause condemnation, but cause us to review our lives when, we, when we're wayward from God that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us saying, hey, Barden, that's not what I have for you. And we feel this conviction of the Holy Spirit in our life. We're like, what, what, why, why am I feeling that? It's, it's the Holy Spirit saying, uh-uh, no, no, mm-mm, I'm not going to leave you alone. Man, the Holy Spirit got me again, right? But that's good. That's good because God doesn't want you to stray from his presence. See, at the end of the day, let's be honest. We can talk about the Bible all day long. We can do good works all day long. But if we don't have the presence of God in our life, it's meaningless. And I want the presence of God in my life. I want the presence of God in your life. And I want the presence of God in living words life. I want God to lead us by his presence, that he's speaking to you, that your life with him is active and vibrant. And that's what God, that's God's desire for you. And I believe maybe in some of our lives today, the reason why maybe our lives, our Christian walks, our lackluster is maybe, just maybe, it's this. It's the presence of the spirit actively working in our lives. So let's allow ourselves. So the takeaway, the takeaway is this. Here's what I want you to do. Over the next week, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and give you wisdom and direction for your life. Just as you pray, say, Holy Spirit, I I want your presence in my life. Fill me. Fill me. I, I need you. Do you realize that we're like leaky helium balloons? We are. We leak. And I think with the presence of God and the Holy Spirit, like Paul said, to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So we need the the presence and the filling of the Holy Spirit constantly in in our lives. And that's something that we have to jump full, full into. God, every single day, I need your presence in my life. I need you to fill me. How many of you know it's so easy for us just to walk in the flesh? It just is. Somebody cuts us off and something ticks us off and we get all irritated and it's like, and, and, and we can, it's that constant battle with the flesh. That's why we need the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We've got to be seeking it because we can easily veer off very quickly if we're not careful. And we find ourselves way over here. I'm like, how did I get over here? It's because we ignored the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life. We didn't yield ourselves to the presence of the Holy Spirit every single day in our lives. If we wake up and we say, God, fill me with your presence today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I need that power. There's going to be a tough meeting at work today or I've got a meeting with a teacher today or I, this is going, God, I need. So that thing is in you. So when, that, when, that, when you're faced with that difficult situation, you're like, oh, I'm not going to resort to my flesh. I need your presence to guide me here. And it's amazing how God can help you through that, through the presence of the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom for that situation so that you don't walk in the flesh, that when you walk away, you're like, that was Barden Jure's, not God's Spirit working through me, right? And that's why we need the presence each and every day. And we're going to dig into these things for the next month. And so my prayer for you is that we would be a people that yield ourselves to the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Can we make that our prayer this week? God, fill me this week. Just close your eyes for a minute. Let's just say that together. God, fill me this week with your Holy Spirit. Let's just say it together. God, fill me this week with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for your, for your word today.
And Lord, I just pray for your people. Lord, we need your presence. Without it, we're nothing. Um, Lord, we can't be directed in our lives without your presence in our lives because we'll, we'll just end up making decisions for ourselves. Thank you for the example that we have of how people live their lives for you and how they yielded themselves to your spirit, God. So Lord, we need you. And as we, as we just come to the table of the Lord, God, we recognize that so many times we fall short. And so we thank you, Lord, that you've provided for us something that we could never provide for ourselves. So we thank you for what communion means today. That Jesus, you said, anytime you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And we're remembering your sacrifice for our sins. We're remembering that it's only through your precious blood that we can find forgiveness of our sins. So as we take this today, God, may we examine our hearts and our lives. Fill us anew today with your presence, with the power of your Holy Spirit that we may live our lives according to your will and what you desire for us. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you desire to commune with us each and every day, that you want to know us, God. Thank you for that. Give us that desire to want to know you more. So Lord, as we just come to the table today, we just ask for your forgiveness and cleansing and just bind our church together, Lord, through the unity, through Jesus' name. So we thank you for this time and we love you. We praise you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name.